Hi everyone, welcome back to another edition of the Ways of Working podcast. I am your host, Adam Thackeray, and we're kicking off the this month, this being March 2021, uh, International Women's Month, uh, with all-female guests. So this entire month, we are going to be having on the Ways of Working podcast. Um, all-female guests were very excited um, with the lineup that uh, are going to be coming on board, and they just bring a tremendous amount of, of insight, wisdom, and experiences, and, and great stories, of course, which is what we all love to hear. Um, I, I think it's very important that we not only celebrate women, you know, March 8th was just, just passed, not only that day, the month of March, but every day. Uh, we should be very grateful for all the women in our lives, whether it be family, colleagues, friends, leaders, whatever you know in whatever capacity that is women have affected us all in in such tremendous and great ways and we should all be mindful of it and we all shouldn't stand for the way things are there obviously is a tremendous amount of inequality that still exists in today's society and and we need to change that and so this is a big year We, we need to no longer just be talking we need to be taking action we need to be standing up and we need to be doing and so there needs to be that bias for action and and to really do our part in order to help support that and, and move things forward so today's guest uh she's a great woman uh thoroughly enjoy conversations her and i are friends her name is sarah bentham and so sarah is the director and creative driving force at the henry Berner- burnick entrepreneurial center in uh, georgian college uh, which is located in barry canada Sarah's dedication and enthusiasm to support students and entrepreneurs across central Ontario with starting, scaling, and growing businesses has helped create and roll out successful initiatives such as Accelerate Summit, Accelerate Her, and Further Faster. With a long history of working in the startup space, Sarah has first-hand insights into the type of creativity, commitment, and agility required to ensure business success. Having worked, lived, and traveled globally, Sarah chose to come back to Simcoe County here in Ontario, Canada to bring an informed perspective and global mindset to support strengthening the business ecosystem and to influence sustainable, diverse, and inclusive business practices. Uh, we have a great conversation. Uh, Sarah has some, some amazing stories uh, about her past and, and what they're doing at the Entrepreneurial Centre. Uh, she even flipped it at the end where she wanted to ask a bunch of questions of me, which I thought was really cool because obviously normally I'm the one asking questions and, and sparking some of the, the conversation and stories. Uh, she turned it on its head and so we had a, a great conversation at, at the end as well. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Sarah Bentham. We don't need so. All right, so welcome to another episode of the Ways of Working podcast. Thank you very much, uh, everyone, for joining today. I am welcome, or excited to welcome Sarah Bentham. So, Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm pretty excited to be on here. Awesome. Um, we have amazing conversations, and I think we could talk for hours and hours. Um, and so, uh, I think it's really great that you're on board. I think you're doing a lot of amazing work for the region, and and you know this really highlights the the whole living and working in the region piece. And so, I, I think it's amazing that you joined us today. Um, cool. Uh, start things off like so. Obviously, you're very involved with the startup world. Um, many people may not be aware of that. We do have listeners from all over. Um, highlight, uh, you know, what got you into the the whole startup space period. For sure. Um, so, I feel like you know my background is in startups, and and you know I, my claim to fame, I never stayed at a job for more than like three years because I just I love starting up stuff. I get like really excited about that piece. Um, So my background really, um, I lived and worked and traveled all over the world. And, you know, when in my 20s, I started up a kindergarten um, in Asia. 
And um, how it all brought me back to Canada where I worked with a company um, to bring students from other countries to Canada and then send students out. So I feel like that lays the foundations of economic development. If you're like, if I can get a bunch of teenagers to come here and be like excited about living here and going to school, then you can, you know, encourage businesses to start up in this area and really like grow it. So that's, that's what my background is. Um, I studied international development. Mm-hmm. So um, super excited about, you know, the things that I did around the world. But um, when it came down to it, what I realized is that, you know, we kind of live in the best place ever. We really and, do, yes. <laughs> and start a family and, you know, you know, start a business, a family, whatever that looks like right here makes the most sense, I think. Very cool. I, I 100% agree. Um, and, and so because you've had a lot of experience traveling all over the, the universe and, you know, how is that, you know, um, helped you in some of your, the work that you do? For sure. Um, you know, I think like I started at the Henry Burnick Entrepreneurship Center about six years ago when it was in early stages, I was the first hire. And, um, so every year I had the opportunity to hang out with about, I'm going to say like 375 clients and by clients, I mean folks that are like interested in starting up a business or they have a business that they wanted to grow. And so I had that, you know, background experience of starting up a company um, that brought students in and sent students out. And so I understood kind of those fundamentals of like, I have an idea and I think it's going to be cool. I'm pretty passionate about it, but I need some people to like, you know, hone in that passion and really turn it into growth. Um, So and, you know, building a brand and a website and, and all those little tiny, even like getting a PO box. Like there's so many little pieces that you have to think about. Yeah, totally. And now, you know, things have changed as well. So I, I'm pretty excited about the possibility to help influence other business owners on the things that I've learned or witnessed and, and just share that knowledge um, amongst the whole ecosystem. Amazing. And, you know, you mentioned the Henry Burnick Entrepreneurial Center. For, for those who are not aware, um, obviously, it's a, a thriving entrepreneurial hub uh, at Georgian College in, in Barrie, Ontario, Canada. Do you want to highlight just a little bit about where it is today? Obviously, you're, you're the leader of the, the hub and, and are doing amazing things there. Um, you know, what's happening today and where do you see it going in the future? Obviously, it's been a, a fairly turbulent uh, last little while, but I think there's exciting things to come. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited about where it is. So I think, you know, over the past six years, we've really laid a beautiful foundation of like a space to come and start, grow and scale a business and lining it all up with the resources that people require. And I mean, this exists globally, like having a great mentor is going to be important no matter where you live and having ex- access to like a supportive ecosystem um, is going to be important. And then this, the third thing really is like, do you know any of those connector folks? So like, who's the person that can say, yeah, I know this person and it doesn't matter really where it is that can help you answer those questions that you might have on a burning topic. Um, But I I think, you know, this year has been a true opportunity for us and, you know, not just learning from the ways that the people that I work with have pivoted and, you know, I I know the pivot word is like well overused, but I call it the bounce back. So like how to bounce back and really, you know, taking advantage of expertise that's out there. Um, for our entrepreneurship center in Barrie, what I really look at it as now is like we built out a globally recognized set of supports and resources, and now we operate without borders. So it's like all those constraints that we put on ourselves, even as business owners, we put little constraints like I am from Barrie and my clients are in Barrie, mm-hmm. or I work at the entrepreneurship center and we work across sort of seven campus communities within central Ontario. 
So the without borders aspect really tells me that we can do this anywhere in the world and can access, um, you know, lots of different resources virtually. Um, we can, and we are actually working with clients right across Canada and, and globally. So we have clients in Malaysia and Singapore and um, Europe and, you know, all these different places. So that's exciting. That is very exciting. I think it's neat that it has that global approach. You've almost been in the midst of pivoting. So, you know, congrats to you and the team for that. Uh, are you able to talk at all about like, you know, how some of those, you know, international clients or entrepreneurs got in touch with you, right? Because obviously um, you hear about some of the other regions, but obviously Barry and, and the Georgian Bay region is becoming more prominent as an entrepreneurial hub. Um, how, like how did they get in touch with you? How did it come to be? Yeah, that, that's a good question. And, you know, early on we were kind of curious ourselves, but I think um, what it speaks to is is a couple of things. One, you know, what you just described in South Georgian Bay, it is, it is well known for being so entrepreneurial. It was like the number one entrepreneurial place I think in Canada, am I wrong? Yeah, yeah one, of the, one of the top for sure, yes. Yeah, and um, and so besides that, um, our network. So Georgian College, you know, we have dozens, like I don't think 80,000 alumni, and they come from all over the world. And so I think when something like a pandemic happens, you kind of go back to where your network started. And so we've, we've gotten loads of um, referrals from people all over the world. And then even with the mentors that we have on our team, we've all sort of been around the world and traveled and done business globally. And, you know, that, that word got out and that, I think that's how people found us. Oh, that's great. I think it speaks a lot to the success and the, you know, the, the credibility of the institution too, because you, you have had through the referral network, it's almost the, the unknown, unknown networks that have and contacts that have come through to you. So I, I think that's uh I think that's super cool. Thank you. Uh, so, so what makes it so ripe now? Like, obviously it is the pivot, but you, you see things shifting. Why, why do you think it's such a ripe time now to, to grow a business in the region? Hmm. I think the appetite is here and, you know, we're seeing big migration into this area, especially from like bigger urban areas. Um, folks have been locked down for a while in, in this, uh, in central Ontario, and they're realizing that, you know, Collingwood or Thornbury or Meaford has like beautiful, beautiful houses and places to start. Um, we have great educational um, schools. We have, you know, great public schools and Catholic schools. But even besides that, I think the talent in this area is is sort of, uh, I think it's a really great kept secret, although I wish it wasn't a secret. So, <laughs> Yeah. If you have a technology company and you decide to come to Collingwood or you decide to come to Barrie, what you have access to is just a group of fresh graduates out of Georgian College. And our technology programs are oversubscribed every year. And so you're getting, you know, top of the line technology graduates that are eager to stay here and work. And we talk about a sticky city. And so, you know, when I look at Collingwood and I look at Barrie or Aurelia or, you know, even Meaford and Owen Sound, all these places, I, I look thoughts around it's sticky that people are like feeling so included in the community that they want to stay and they don't want to go anywhere and so I think you know collectively as an ecosystem we've done a really good job about creating those situations where networking is really possible and creating your own community is really possible and, and I think that cliqueiness um, has sort of eliminated itself because um, many folks are new to this area. Yes, me being one of them as well. <laughs> it's I, I, I like that whole sticky city bit too, right? Because it, it is true. Like that was, 
you know, one of the things that continues to, to impress us about moving here, not only, you know, from the families and getting to know people like even you yourself, you've been great with introducing us, um, but even coming into the foundry here and meeting such great people here and, and the network just continues to you know, expand and expand. And there's just a lot of great positive people in the region who are wanting to make change they want to build stuff they want to help each other out so you get this authenticity which i find it's not to say other areas don't have it but i just find that it's it's abundant here and people are are very uh open about wanting to help and and help you move forward get you used to it really bring you into the community so i think that's amazing about the area as well that's cool i think you know i was born here and left and then like i said came back i think it's the responsibility of us to ensure that we are that sort of one degree of separation between you and maybe that connection or that friend or that resource or that, you know, whatever that is that, that someone needs to have in order to feel like they're really a part of it. I think it's our responsibility to foster that and, and make sure that happens. So, so, so that. you're, you're a definite super connector and, and, you know, it's uh I, I agree. It's very important um, to those who might be like a little reluctant or, or not, you know, really sure how to reach out do you have any like just quick tidbits you can give that says you know don't hesitate do this and it'll be helpful for you to to grow your network yeah um it's interesting because i think i speak from like the business lens so like if you were Mm -hmm. a a new business owner or you're kind of coming in here maybe looking for a job um i would definitely not feel shy in like looking to some of the resources like the foundry um, you know, I feel pretty confident, like if I rolled into the foundry, I would probably make a friend pretty quickly. Yes. Um, and, you know, there's places like the Sandbox Center here that sort of acts as that like triage and, you know, expanding network. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's so easy on this side to be like, just reach out. But, um, you know, I think by taking that, you know, I call it this like courageous first step and it's literally a 15 second period of time that's going to be like feeling hard and and challenging but if you could like attend an online virtual networking event if you could attend a connects group um out of the sandbox center or attend some events that are offered by the foundry or the entrepreneur center um after the first 15 seconds i think you'll feel like well included very cool thank you Uh, so so let's talk about that you had a recent uh, event um, you know, the Accelerate Summit that, that was just held uh, not too long ago. Um, obviously, people from all over attending it. It was a little different this year, but I've heard, you know, and I look forward to future ones, you know, raving success behind it. It was its seventh year, I believe. Um, talk a little bit about where you think that's going to go, um, just given everything you've learned over the last seven years and with things have changed. Uh, where, where do you think it's going to go now? Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm really excited about the Accelerate Summit and sort of how it brings the community together. I call it homecoming because it happens in October and similar to university homecoming time period. Um, I think that's when the business community comes back together after a long summer break and, you know, do, doing the work. Um, this year, obviously, we took that virtual. And and I, I actually enjoyed the idea that once we take it virtual, we can take it global and then the connections actually increase. So you know, with the folks that we had joining like New York City and Montreal, we created these safe landing points for mm-hmm. other businesses. So a business that hangs out with us usually and is really used to working in central Ontario now has these great connections in like Montreal or New York City or BC, and they can call on them to sort of expand their network into these areas that they're hoping to expand into. So I think that going forward, uh, we would still have a virtual presence. 
and looking at sort of a hybrid model because there's just nothing that can replace sort of sitting down with somebody and having a one-on-one conversation in person. Um, so yeah, I, think I agree. <laughs> very cool. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it this year. I, I like the platform that that was used. It was very well coordinated. Um, so it, you know, and and I've attended a lot of virtual events where it, it hasn't gone off like that. It's felt more like a an overglorified Zoom session, if you will. And uh, yeah. I was happy when I came on. It wasn't that there was a lot of interaction. There was a lot of people talking. Um, you know, you guys had brought in some really good speakers who told some really interesting stories. Um, even about the I forget the woman's name who had the. She, she had the, the incident where she went off into the river and had to climb herself out. It was about resilience and like just that story alone and yeah. how, how vivid of a picture it painted and, and you know, yeah. her, her struggle to, to get out of a raging, you know, water in, in the frozen tundra was pretty amazing. So um, def- yeah. definitely a worthwhile event. I look forward to it in person as well next year. That's great. That's Dr. Robin Haley Defoe. And um, I get to plug, she's got a new book coming out. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. What, what's the name of Check it? Check that out. It's called Calm Within the Storm, and it's all just a book on everyday resiliency. Very cool. Yeah, I, I think resilience, is, well, obviously with COVID and everything else, it, it's very important right now. There's there's definitely some things you can do, to, to and it takes a, a bit of learning to do it. But I, I think the point of resilience is that anybody can become resilient. It's just a matter of, of putting in the, the discipline and the, and the diligence to do it. Yeah. That's interesting. We'll make sure we have that, that book in the show notes. Um so as part of Georgian College, obviously HBEC is there, uh, you know, what, what role do you think education is going to play, you know, as we come out of, you know, COVID and looking for, you know, economic recovery as well as, you know, growth and scalability in the region? Uh, what role do you think education um, is playing or, or should be playing if, if it isn't now? Mm-hmm. It's a really good question. And, you know, because I, I sort of hang out on the business side, I'm not an academic. Um, yeah. I have all the respect for the academics, but, you know, in, in my opinion, I think um, what we're going to see out of education is sort of a super agile and, like you say, resilient um, group of graduates or current students that are going to be able to sort of, you know, meet the needs of the changing environment, whatever that looks like. And so I think, you know, it continues to be um, the responsibility of academia to focus on what the future of work actually looks like and how do we prepare our grads for that. Um, so I, I do teach a class in September and I've just been like blown away at how adaptive that the students are and they're just like, yeah, sure, we can do this and do that. And, and they've actually, um, you know, felt strong to like give their own opinions on how things should be structured and, and what works really well in this new virtual age. Because you get someone a little bit older like me that's like, how do we do this? And, and they just teach us how. So we're learning a lot from the students. Uh, I really like that, the, the two-way learning system that's happening. Uh, what, yeah. what, what's the course you're teaching? Um, I teach something called, it's in the entrepreneurship program. So we have a program at Georgian um, that is all about entrepreneurship. And so the course I teach brings real entrepreneurs into the class and, you know, used to be in person. Now it's, it's beautiful because they can come in from anywhere in the world and talk about their journey and what that non-traditional journey looked like from, you know, the time they were in public school out until they were an entrepreneur and, um, you know, in that class, what I really love to focus on is during these big growth periods where you're like maybe doing a really hard job or you're starting a business, how do you take care of yourself? Mm. What does self-care look like? And, um, you know, we also talk about where did you maybe have some failures that helped you to access that growth? So I think those are important learning students as well. Yeah, I, I like the, the un, you know, the unusual path and the, the non-standard path because I don't think there really is a standard one. There, people, books like to, 
to convey that perhaps, but you definitely do not get that. It's it's definitely the, the squiggly line. So there's, I'm sure, some good war stories that are heard from people there. That's good. Sorry, um, are you hearing beeping? I was hearing beeping for a minute there, but I don't know. Okay, I'll turn it off. <laughs> Sorry about that. What is it? Uh, just alerts. This oh. is like the busy life of Sarah Bentham. <laughs> <laughs> we interrupt this programming for Sarah Bentham <laughs> needs to go to do something. No, I'm sorry about that. Uh, that's all good. That's that's why we're not live to air. And even if we were live to air, who cares? Awesome. Um. All right. So, I lost my train of thought now, but that's all right. I totally derailed you. That's all good. Um. So, so how do you balance that then? So, so here's a question going back in. So you're, you're obviously busy running the, the hub, you're teaching, you know, how, how do you maintain balance? Are there, are there habits or things that you have instilled in, in your busy life to, to help you navigate? Cause you, you are very busy and you are involved with a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, hmm. I wish I could say that I had like a great workout routine and I have like you know, time blocking to-do lists. I, I'm a work in progress. I'm learning more about that as we go. <laughs> uh, and, and that's great. I, I appreciate the truth behind it because it, it is a struggle, right? Like there is no, it, it's hard. <laughs> it's it easy, is hard. It's easy to get distracted and too busy and, and, and just it, it, everyone's just trying to figure it out, right? I think those who think that, you know, say they have it figured out or they're, they're just trying to figure it out as they go as well. Yeah, and I know, like, I get to hear and sit in on a lots of different speakers, so I hear all the best practices. It's just, yeah, I have to do some of them. So if anyone has any ideas, please reach out and share them. <laughs> well, there's always lots. There's always lots. But, yeah, I, I find it the same. It's very, very easy to try and get a routine going, and, you know, it's it's very easy with family and kids and just to, you can't do everything, right? So sometimes things things fall off the radar, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, what, what sort of books like, so, you know, uh, th- keeping busy and keeping with education, you know, I, I always ask, you know, people who are on the podcast, uh, what are the top three books? Um, and if you need a theme area, you can keep it business oriented, but what three books would you recommend, um, for the audience? Yeah. Um, there's a really great book called grit by Angela Duckworth, I think is the author's name. And I, I like the science behind, you know, working really hard and kind of what it can produce. And so I think the book Grit is like a really great one for folks to check out. Um, you know, it's, it's all around like persistence and perseverance and, and what that kind of looks like. And then I have to admit, I have a pre-copy of um, Calm Within the Storm by uh, Dr. Robin Hanley Defoe. And that's just, it, she has some really great um, insights into how to structure your day and time block, but um, a neat sort of practice around like, you know, what can you do, what can you be, and what do you not have to do? And so as soon as you start to categorize like what you don't have to be or do, then it sort of takes a bunch of crap off your off your desk and you can just focus on the things that you must. Those would be my top two that I'm reading right now. And then, hmm, I read a lot of fiction. I'm reading something called Sega Boy. And uh, this is just, uh, you know, it, it talks about, um, one person's journey living in Trinidad and then moving into Canada and sort of what that whole whole process looked like. And so I like to understand um, a little bit more about what people's backgrounds and what their lives look like, especially coming from different countries and sort of apply that to the lens of if, 
if I were new to Canada and I was new to maybe the Simcoe County or Central Ontario region, what does my background look like and what kind of resources and supports might I need so that we're making sure that from the entrepreneurship perspective that that what we're offering meets the diverse and unique needs of all. I, I like that a lot. And did you find that when you were visiting other countries that you would run into similar patterns or difficulties as well based on, you know, what you've learned or what you're reading? Yeah, for sure. I think like the context I have, I lived in um, the foothills of the Himalayas in um, China. And so, you know, being the only English speaking person there and, you know, not having you know access to a community or a support network that, that, you know, spoke the same language as me, it, it does, you know, really help me to see what it feels like on the other side when you come to Canada for the first time as a student or as a, a newcomer to Canada and in what you might need that that we're not actually thinking about actively all the time because it's just not part of our experience so the that inclusion is sits at the forefront of what I want to do well that's very cool and, and what do and you know in trying to you know communicate with them you know and with the, the individuals within the Himalayas like what did you do to in order to to succeed in that or to, to get over some of the hurdles, even just some of the fundamental, um, you know, back and forth dialogue. Like, how did you approach that? Yeah, I think like um, when I was living there, internet was less reliable. So, you know, you have your translation dictionaries and lots of like, I think, um, I think what it looks like is like letting go, go a little bit of like maybe pride and ego and going, okay, we're going to do this thing. And I might look a little bit silly and, at the end of it, we're all gonna we're all gonna learn from each other. Um, yeah, I think that's for me what has helped me be successful there, and and then also just like a, a willingness to really um, have an open mind. Uh, I also lived in the Middle East, um, just off the coast of Saudi Arabia. I lived in Bahrain, so completely different lifestyle. I you know I was covered and and worked um, respectfully within um, a university, and so. I think, yeah, as long as you have a really open mind and you can um, respect other people's value sets and their perspectives, then I think you can do well. Very cool. You need to learn more about Bahrain at some point. It's pretty cool. It Amazing is. food. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, so, so with the, you know, with the whole ego piece that obviously, you know, entrepreneurs, can, you know, depending on the individual can, can come with the ego because they have just so much that they need to do and must step up to do. Do you find that that um, is an inhibitor to some of the clients that you're working with or you, or do you find it's it's different with, the, with you know, either the clients you're working with or what you're seeing from those starting up right now? Yeah, I think it, it can be. I think the best, um, some of the clients that we work with that do really, really well are, again, like open-minded, if I put it in sort of basic terms, but are really mm-hmm. coachable. So, you know, they, they hold strong to the idea that they um, that they have and also have a value set that aligns with it, but are, you know, willing to take in other perspectives. So, you know, the mentors that we have at our entrepreneurship center, there's 16 of them and they come with their own area of expertise. So being able to sort of picture what they have gone through and accomplished and what they learned along the way has been really helpful. So here's some mistakes that I made. Don't make these ones. Or if you do, here's how we're going to succeed them. Right. Very good. Uh, I, I think that's great. And, and with the mentors, um, you know, you mentioned that there's 16 of them. And how do you find that they, do they collaborate a lot? Are you finding that there's collaboration amongst those as well so that they can kind of share that tribal, like obviously they're very advanced, successful individuals, but do you find that there's a, a collaborative nature that exists within them so it can promote that culture further into, you know, the entrepreneurs as they're looking to grow? 
Yeah, I th- yeah, I think so. So um, early on, we sort of had one client assigned to one mentor. And mm-hmm. now we've realized is that, you know, one individual can't accomplish everything. So we sort of stack their their team with the pieces that are missing. And um, we've implemented a triage of sorts where um, I like to call it like the meeting of the minds or like a brain trust. So yeah. entrepreneur kind of sits in the middle and they describe what the challenge that they're facing in their businesses. And then you've got like a lot of folks with expertise that can share their insights. And then an entrepreneur can go back, filter that out and build off of it. And since we started doing that, I noticed that there's a lot of like, oh, if you need PR and media help, talk to this person. If you're looking to create a really diverse and inclusive um, HR strategy, talk to this person. So we're, we're balancing it out there. And I think in the long run, building like better, more sustainable businesses. Oh, that's amazing. Around sustainability, do you, what's what do you think is the biggest challenge for companies that are that are trying to scale in the region right now? Hmm, that is a really good question. Because um, I see, I don't. Maybe I look at the other side of it. I just see so many businesses that are able to scale and grow here. Mm. I'm I'm not as focused on the ones that are having challenges there. Um, what if, yeah. what, what's what's been the key to their success then in the in their scalability? Maybe that that you know listeners mm-hmm. can maybe latch on to for sure i think you know getting involved in the ecosystem or you know accessing the resources that you need or reaching out when you need extra support it sounds simple but i think it does actually keep you kind of propelling forward and then um in this region i think it's unique in that we have access to lots of angel investment and we have access to lots of you know financial institutions that are so embedded in the community that yeah take a lot to get that one-on-one meeting with the person you need to talk to um so i think yeah just making sure that you really um leverage those connections that you make and and get get involved with the the people that that need to make your business growth happen very cool i, I think that's great i think the networking pieces is, is something again notable because it is it is much easier to get a conversation with someone here than i find anywhere else so far it's just yeah. the, especially well and, and especially if you're up here as well obviously there's something that goes with being in the region but i think it is there is a level of openness that you don't necessarily get in, in all other areas as well i think you're right i think people chose to come here and and start up because of that openness and then also you know this idea that we're not so busy that we don't have time for a coffee mm-hmm. yes <laughs> we create a lifestyle that is conducive to that, then I think it can actually enhance your growth. And that, so, so there's always that conversation around, you know, starting a lifestyle business versus, you know, being a, a, a full fledged entrepreneur, like just going to the grind and hustling 24 uh, seven. I think it's different up here. I don't know if you agree or not, but I, I think it's different in the sense that you can kind of have both if you want up here. Yeah, it's totally, I love that. And it, we have to take this one to market that idea because yeah, the concept around you can have both because, you know, we've got uh, an awesome entrepreneur in Oro, um, David Yaman, that started MPC. And, you know, he's scaling in a huge, huge way, hiring people, building a really amazing culture within his uh, manufacturing plant, you know, implementing real, real solutions related to COVID. Yeah. Also, you're going to see him, you know, I think on the golf course and on the ski hill and, enjoying time with his family and, you know, meeting up with friends here. So it's, it is, it is like the epitome of having both. Yeah. I, I like it a lot like that. Well, that's, that's my goal too, is to definitely have both. Right. Cause it's, I think you can, you hear it as well. Like you mentioned 
returning from a, a late summer to start up business in October, like homecoming, I, you know, involved with nonprofit and they're like, we take a break in the summer because they want to have a legit break, but it doesn't mean people aren't working any less. I think it's just a, a, a way of working and an intelligent way of working that people here have just recognized perhaps um, ahead of others or, or just a chosen to, to walk that path. Yeah. And, and recharge. And what does that do for your business? For sure. Yeah, I, I think that recharge is important because it's very easy to get burnt out and not recognize you're burnt out and then it's too late and then you're not in a good place and it's it can be very hard to come out of that place. I think, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up because in this area, we have um, actively tried to have those conversations out loud and I know they do it at the Foundry and I love that about the Foundry that, you know, in some other areas that I've lived and worked in, it's like you're not going to talk about burnout and you're never going to talk about you know, any recharge that you need to do, you got to keep moving and hear people talk about it and also talk about, wow, I'm really tired. I'm going to take some time off. And so if we can start to really integrate that into the conversations, I think people put themselves in a situation where they feel a little bit vulnerable, but you build trust and then grow. So. Yeah. I think that the, the vulnerability piece, like you, you hear a, a, a lot of lip service, if you will, with some talking about it, but it's, it's not the action. Whereas I, I do see the action here and I like that a lot because it is, like recharging so important, like yeah, sleep, sleep, those who only sleep four hours a night. I, I don't know. I, I used to do it. And the difference now between four and even six to eight hours is night and day for what I'm able to do personally. And I, I hear the same from others as well. Yeah. Like even productivity uh, for sure. We we're there and we, we look for each other too. Like I'm, I'm, I keep an eye out all the time. Like, are you sleeping? Are you feeling good? Right. So if you have folks around you as well that are checking in on that with you, I think that's important. And, you know, so one entrepreneur, he's actually a musician, um, Peter Katz, he talks a lot about having like that one or two people in your life that you can check in with and say like, listen, I'm not okay. And they'll listen. And then, you know, you kind of move along from there, whatever resources that you need to get you through it. But um, that would be important, I think as well. And not talked about enough. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Uh, like to, to have that trust and have that little network of people that you know, it doesn't matter what you can go and that takes true friendship, right? So it's good to have those. And, and if you don't have them, I agree, reach out and there's ample people that, that will step up to it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, where can people find you? What's the best way if somebody wants to get in touch with you? Email, social media, What what's your uh, your poison? Yeah. Oh gosh. I have so many poisons. Just kidding. <laughs> not, um, not wine. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Self-care. Um, no, for sure. I mean, I'm happy to share email. Um, we're at, on socials. We're at GCHBEC and, you know, I manage that as well as my colleagues equally. Mm-hmm. And then also through the Henry Burnick Entrepreneurship Center, there's, there's a small team and you'll find me. Very cool. All right. We'll make sure we include those in the show notes. Uh, thank you so much again for joining. Really appreciate it. We look forward to, uh, to having you back and to uh, continuing to support uh, the region and the entrepreneurs. So thank you again for joining us. Oh, thanks for the opportunity. And uh, I'm so looking forward to watching the rest of your episodes. I'm, I'm hooked. Awesome. Thank you. Hi, everyone. So that was what I thought was going to be the end of the podcast. But Sarah actually said after the recording, it'd be really great if I could ask you some questions. And so she had a, a bunch of different questions about the region and things uh, for me as well. So I thought it was really great. Uh, we recorded that as well. And here it is. So have a listen and hope you enjoy it. Often I get questions asked the other way. I've had it once with another, a 
another guy who was on who lives in London, England, and he's a he's a good guy. And he he, he was asking me questions because I gave him a question about music. He's like, well, tell me what yours are. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I know. You're like, I was on the question side, not the answer. And I'm like, no, dude, wrong way. He's like, no, 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 this is two way. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I like that too. And especially I'm sure like folks want to hear more about you. And, you know, from my perspective, it's really easy for me to say that, you know, I think this is a great space to move and actually like uplift your family and bring them, bring them over here to, to a brand new community. But yeah. I was wondering, like, how did you pick Collingwood and are, are we allowed to say that you're in Collingwood? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like how did you pick Collingwood and sort of what, what went into your decision-making? Yeah, it was, uh, we, we'd been looking for a, a few years to, to migrate out of like the, we're in Burlington, which is west of Toronto, to those who are not aware of Ontario geography. Um, we're in Burlington for 10 years, close to, to family there, and it was a, a great spot, but we wanted something that was a, a little smaller, uh, had a lot more focus on outdoors, and um, I hate commuting. Yeah. <laughs> and so I wanted to work, I want to live where I work, and I want to work where I live, and I want to be entrenched in the community. And so we had actually looked at moving out to Kelowna, BC at one point. So a number of years ago, I did uh, a pit stop in Kelowna to visit one of my good friends that lives out there. Um, pit stop there for like a week and a half or something like that uh, to check it out, see if we liked it, see if we would want to move out there. And, and it's beautiful out there. Like it's, you know, Lake Okanagan and, you know, they have, you know, this, uh, what is it? Sunshine is the big, the big um Mountain. The big mountain out there for skiing and stuff um, but it just felt a little too far for us so because you know close to family here it just felt like it might have been just a little too far it just didn't entirely resonate and so we kind of put it on pause and then uh, COVID hit and we said we need to get out of the city so we ended up finding a place out in Georgian Peaks ski resort to rent for a couple weeks just to, to get out of the city and get away get the kids out running around in nature and so we basically hung out up in the region for two weeks and we basically said, fuck it, we're going to move up. Like, I will make, we finally said we're going to pull trigger and, and move up here. We love it up here. My wife had been coming up here for 10 some odd years, and I would come up, but not as much as she would, to visit family in Thornbury. And we finally just said, Let, let's do it. Um, people are working remote as it is, and I will just pivot my business uh, for consulting and coaching and online stuff to be definitely entirely digitally native and remote. So, or, or servicing local local community uh, organizations. And so with that, we, we basically said, okay, let's do it. So we sold our house, uh, moved up here, and, and we are. We, we've been up since last fall and we're loving it. And, uh, you know, as I've said before, like the, the community up here, like even day one, somebody walked over, hi, we're so-and-so, here's dinner, here's all the stuff, mm -hmm. welcome. And That's so awesome. you're, you're immediately getting that, that small town feel, even though Collingwood is in hyper growth mode right now. Um, so that was even just the, the first you know, thing introduced, and that was amazing. And then obviously, you know, you and Brandon and, and a number of other, John obviously, and a number of others have been amazing with introducing people and growing the network, and, and people are very open here. And so it has been just amazing. And I'm looking forward to, you know, I, I re I'm reading a book called uh, Poor, Poor Charlie's Almanac right now, which mm. is Charlie Munger. And right. he has this thing. Yeah. And, and so his whole thing is around mental models. And so I'm a big fan of mental models and mental models are how you basically view the world, how you problem solve and how you deal with things. And um, the notion in there is he has this thing called the Lollapalooza effect. And the Lollapalooza effect is where there's a number of things that come together to, to um, 
at one single juncture to make, you know, this crazy uh, impact or, or crazy result. So, you know, a number of things that lead to a great event or, or, or a great outcome. And I, I think that's happening in Collingwood. I think you're um, right. Me, me personally, uh, for, for me and family and my business, that will happen. Uh, or well, that, that's the expectation. As well as I just think overall there's a lot of people happening, uh, a lot of things happening here. And there's a lot of intellectual capital that can drive business up here that can service uh, an international customer base. So not only service the GTA and provide services at greater trust, at greater economical value, um, and provide an alternate way to do the business. So if business people want to come up here, they don't have to sit in boardrooms. You can go on the ski hill or go to the water, or go wherever and have a meeting versus sitting in a stuffy boardroom to do it. So I think all these things are, are going to bring a Lollapalooza effect uh, to this region uh, very soon. It's already starting, and I think it's going to explode come 2021, 2022, towards the end of the year, once we you know, get herd mentality for the, for the vaccinations and things like that. I think you're right. I know so many people are looking at it as the place to go. Um, so, okay, how long is your commute right now? <laughs> well, it, it's it's 2.8 kilometers. So it, it's uh, <laughs> if I walk it, it's half an hour maybe, if that. If when I drive, which I, I normally do just because I'm normally bouncing around, it's like a minute and a half, maybe two minutes down the road. So Can you see more. the lake from your commute? Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Like you're driving down and there's Georgian Bay right there. When I go for walks at lunch, I, I walk along Georgian Bay, even in the dead of winter, you can walk along it. Um, you can see, I can see the mountains when I open my door in the morning or the, like the hills, some, you know, the, the, the escarpment. I know some people don't call it a legit mountain, but you can see that I can see Osler ski resort when I open my door. So just even the views alone, when you go out, it's just, it's just amazing. It's night and day. Super cool. So I guess my last question is around, you know, I'm a parent and what did, like, how are the kids making out with this total shift? Like, what did they experience? Yeah, I think because it's been uh, so many things happening at once, at first it was, you know, uh, complete resistance um, and, and, you know, especially not, so a big piece is, is the chaos and the, the unknowns. So not having a house, having to rent, having to rent for a period of time transition. So all those sort of transitionary things, including COVID, it doesn't, it doesn't make it uh, an easy transition. They've adapted quite well. Um, but, but there's been challenges just with, you know, uh, they obviously have to make new friend groups. They obviously are are isolated to certain class, you know, to single classrooms. So that's, they're all things outside of our control. And I would say they've adapted very well amongst it all. Um, and we've been fortunate that there have been, you know, opportunities to have micro bubbles up here when, you know, the, you know, the restrictions allow for it. Um, so that, that's definitely been very helpful. And and the fact that, yeah, we can be outdoors. So we want to go ice skating. They've allowed that we can go rent ice time and you can go ice skating or you can go now you can go skiing. So it opens up. So there's been a lot more outdoor availability of things but it but it has been an adjustment i think it'll get better too now you know as indicated we've we've purchased a a residence up here we have a house uh, so they're obviously very ecstatic about that so they know like that's where they're going that's we're going to stay that's one less thing in the roster if you will that can be changed that's going to happen so I, i think it's it's been interesting it's 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 never any you know a a smooth a smooth ride but i think they've they've adapted quite well that's awesome and i think you know they're going to be strong, strong, little resilient humans as well from all this. So that's cool. 
Yeah, I, I agree. It, it, it will teach them as much as the struggle is there. I agree. It's going to teach them how to, you know, if you if you never are exposed to any hardships, then you never know how to deal with them. And I think this will be very good for them to be in there, you know, back to resilience and adaptability. I, I agree. I think it's going to be very helpful for them down the road. That's awesome. Well, I'm hoping, I think more people will come and especially based on your story, it's, it's a great story. So. Thank you. Yeah, I, I do too. Like it's, there's obviously a lot of things to work out from, you know, and I see it with the Institute of South Georgian Bay that I work with that there's a lot of things that need to be worked on from infrastructure and housing and all these other things to, to support, you know, the large, uh, uh, you know, amount of growth that's happening in the region. Um, but I think if it's done well, I think if, you know, the leadership steps up and the, the cities come together and, and work together to, to support something regionally versus individualistic nature, um, then I think that'll bode much, much better for the success of the region. Yeah, I know my friend John talks about it like it's a kind of a community that you can get your hands around. So I think it's so interesting to join a community as a new person and feel like you do have a say and you are impacting the way that it's built and it grows. So it's like, mm. you know, you get to really get involved on that side of it. Like if you need to talk to the mayor, you could probably call them and talk to them on the phone. So it, totally. He, he like emailed me the other day, just saying thanks for something off the cuff of, yeah. You know, so it, you do get that where you do have accessibility to people um, at, at all different levels, which is, which is nice. That's awesome. So mm-hmm. as you're here, this is great. <laughs> Thank you. We are we are very happy to be here. I couldn't imagine any other way now. Awesome. It's awesome. Okay, everyone, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate our listeners tuning in and listening to the Ways of Working podcast. If you would like to learn more about Ways of Working, including all previous podcast episodes, please go to www.fac.ca. So that's T-H-A-C-K where you can find all of our podcast episodes as well as there's blogging and other articles and we would love to hear your feedback so please uh, provide that whenever possible we always greatly appreciate it so thanks so much everyone